Hello, this is FTW with Ahmad Khan, part of the Dot Esports Podcast Network. I'm Henrique Demore, filling in for Ahmad of Dot Esports. Last month, Savvy Gaming Group purchased both ESL and FaceIt Group in a massive $1.5 billion deal. Savvy is fully backed by Saudi Arabia's Public Investment Fund and is essentially the esports and gaming arm of its larger sports acquisition and marketing efforts. Saudi Arabia's government has a poor human rights record, including a number of vast restrictions to women and anti-LGBTQ laws. Over the past few years, the company has been trying to change its public image around the world by sponsoring, via the PIF, sports events such as Formula One and buying soccer clubs, a strategy that has been branded as sports washing. ESL Gaming, which also comprises DreamHack, reportedly made up to $1 billion off the deal. ESL is known for throwing Counter-Strike Global Offensive and Dota 2 tournaments. It formed the ESL Pro League in 2015, a more organized global circuit. Faceit was a privately owned tournament organizer that was aiming to combat ESL with its own take on CSGO competition. It also hosts League of Legends, Rocket League, and other tournaments. Joining me today is Leo Biazzi of Dot Esports. He's a longtime CSGO reporter and staff writer and has been following Saudi Arabia's quote-unquote sports washing initiatives closely. Leo, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, I'm happy to be here, Hank. <laughs> um, so the Saudi Public Investment Fund, or really Savvy Gaming Group, has acquired both ESL and FaceIt. Um, but the focus is really not on Savvy, not on ESL or FACET, but it is on the PIF, uh, the Public Investment Fund. Who exactly are they and why is this such a massive deal? Yeah, I think you're totally right because some people may heard of Savvy Gaming, but what is Savvy Gaming? Who owns Savvy Gaming, right? The Public Investment Fund, the PIF, is the sovereign wealth fund of Saudi Arabia. It, it is among the largest sovereign wealth funds in the world. It was created a long time ago in 1971 with the purpose of investing the funds on behalf of the government of Saudi Arabia. It's basically Saudi Arabia's money. It's controlled by Saudi Arabia's prince. And it's the, it's the country's money, like what they are investing, what they, they like to invest their money into. As of recently, they have been making investments in traditional sports as well. In 2021, uh, the PIF bought Newcastle United, one of Premier League clubs. And they like to diverse their investments, I would say. And so you say that it is it is effectively the Saudi Arabian government's money, even though from what I've heard, because I, you know, like, like you, I first heard of them, or I don't know if you first heard of them, but I first heard of them when they bought Newcastle. And that was a big deal because, you know, with no salary caps in the Premier League, that kind, the kind of money that the Saudi uh, Public Investment Fund will churn into Newcastle could see their fortunes change, I mean, just night and day. So why why is it a problem? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of asking you this rhetorically, but uh, why don't you explain what the issues are? Because in theory, $1.5 billion, especially for any sport like Counter-Strike, could take it to the next level. I mean, that kind of funding to secure talent, venues, you know, pay players better, potentially, right, through the tournament organizers, that in theory is only a good thing, but it's not that simple, is it? Well, it's not that simple. Maybe some of our listeners may not know that, but Saudi Arabia has a, a bad track of human rights 
uh, anti-LGBTQ plus laws. So it, the money is not as clean as some money that comes from other investments. And I can see the reason why ESL and Faceit uh, took that, that deal and accepted it. It's because everybody or the ones that are working in the in the industry of esports know that ESL mainly bleeds money when they organize their tournaments. It's not a profitable business by any means to run tournaments. And esports in general are still not profiting that much. We have only like a few uh, esports organizations that are turning profit. Like I can I can name G2 is is turning profit, Astralis is is turning profit. But we basically need more money in the esports industry and for the Saudi Arabia government government to to invest 1.5 billion it's it's basically nothing for the PIF because they have over 500 billion dollars wow so yeah i mean this is nothing to them and uh they were able to buy up ESL and face it um now does it does it matter that it's cuz cuz ESL and face it from what i understand they announced a merger and then they were bought as kind of one entity um is that is that a big deal like does that matter does it give um you know savvy gaming or the pif whatever you want to call it uh does it give them a monopoly over csgo tournaments and is is that even a concern yeah this is a really good question and when you first read it it sounds more 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 concerning like you said like is it is this a monopoly but at least I don't see it as a monopoly because ESL and Faceit focus on very different products. Like mm. ESL is much more focused towards organizing sports events, and Faceit nowadays is pretty much only the third-party matchmaking platform. Like they use it to run more tournaments. In the past, in CS:GO, we had a lot of esports championship series it was it was called called the ECS and they ran a CSGO major in 2018 they were organizing the flashpoint but they didn't own flashpoint per se it was owned by by the organizations that were participating in flashpoint so for me face it is far more distant from organizing esports events than ESL. They I think they will join forces like they are joining two two big strengths like ESL obviously has an a strength experience uh, know-how on how to run esports events and face it has probably the be the best third-party matchmaking service for CS:GO. Okay, so they are, it's not really a monopoly, but it's one kind of works with the other. Um, yeah. Okay. I'd say um, they, they, I would say they make a strong, a strong team, but I wouldn't call it monopoly and I'm sure Valve would step in if it was that case, you know, because Valve has a pretty much 
open stance that they want an open market for, for CSGO. Valve doesn't want only one tournament organizer running the show. Uh, they pretty much stated that in the past. So maybe if it was ESL and Blast merging together, Mm -hmm. then I would call it uh, a monopoly because they are organizing the, the best or the most prestigious tournaments in CSGO. Was there uh, any sort of reaction from either Valve or Blast to this news or nothing really? No, nothing really. Like I did not saw anything in that regard. I didn't see too many, too many players talking about it too. Like, I mean... A lot of people in, in esports are youth and maybe a lot of them don't don't care about uh, where the money is coming from. They are just they were just excited that ESL ha has had received that that investment and basically it gives ESL like access to to more money if they need to. And it's interesting that you, you mentioned that because like you said, the entire kind of esports audience is our generation, right? Mid twenties. That's that's the, the, the main block. Yeah. Whereas right. with with um soccer, right? Let's say with Newcastle United, right, the club that the PIF bought recently, they that is a club that's been around for a long time and has multiple generations of fans and reactions to this I think have differed generationally. Um, but our generation is a lot more, you know, social media savvy, more uh more protesty, for lack of a better word, right? They, they would they'll take action um, on things, and I was saying, all well, the older generation wouldn't, but I think our generation is marked by that, especially because of social media. What has the reaction been from, you know, from fans, um, if any, um, and has it been outweighed by reactions from talent or players? I think there has not been uh, noise from the fans following the acquisition like some people spoke about it on social media but we didn't have like people saying that they would boycott ESL tournaments or stop playing at face it like I have not seen a, a big movement coming out from the fans I've seen some people that works as, as talent either as commentator reporter saying stuff like mainly Vince uh yeah it was mainly Vince Hill he's uh, a CSGO commentator commentator that has been around for ages and he was one of the people that spoke against the Blast Neon deal back then but as far as I know Vince is the one only one so far to have said that he won't be working with ESL or Faceit following the SAV Gaming Group acquisition or the PIF acquisition. Like he publicly said that he doesn't want to, to receive their, their money and he is pretty much putting himself in a tough career situation because he mainly works for DreamHack in 2021. He has been working for DreamHack for years, and DreamHack belongs to ESL. Hmm. Could he go and you know work at just Blast 
tournaments because uh, like you said that was something that you know the, the neom v- deal fell through uh about, about a year ago um and is it just as simple as oh well he'll just go work for for blast or has he kind of like like you said that this is a pretty is a pretty sacrificial risky move for him yeah he already had not cut ties with blast but for criticizing their partners partnership with neon he wasn't called for to work on on their events anymore even though the partnership fell apart even though the partnership fell apart i don't know but i don't know if blast didn't invite him or if he doesn't want to be associated with blast after they tried to make that deal and i think it it's a very tough career decision not not because esl or not not because esl controls all the the csgo circuit but they are the the biggest one you know sure so you are you are putting yourself in a tough situation and i think this is why we haven't heard from from other talents that spoke against the blast neon deal last year uh maybe they they do not feel comfortable to speak about it now maybe they are thinking about their their options and their future uh, in csgo talent we've had frankie ward who was also against the blast neon partnership she she made like a blog post saying that it's a very difficult decision and she will have to think about it if she wants to to work with ESL moving forward because she worked in a lot of premier CSGO tournaments for ESL either as a stage host or interviewer so she has a lot to lose right now and a lot of the CSGO talent have a lot to lose maybe maybe they will speak down the road maybe not uh we can't one one thing i say we can't really judge the ones that spoke against the blast neon deal and haven't spoke against the esl acquisition because uh it's their job after all like they have to do something for a living right is it do you feel that they're different situations because of the amount of money yes uh yeah this this is something we have to to clarify the blast neon thing was just a sponsorship for blast Mm. while the while esl is it has been sold to the pif so now saudi arabia controls ESL and you cannot really spoke against it because there's nothing you could do right like if it is a, a partnership like the Blast Neon deal or the Lack Neon you can cancel that partnership if if you receive like backlash or if the talent doesn't work to work for you because of that partnership you can always like cancel the deal but there's nothing really that 
the talent or the community could do to stop the acquisition from the Savvy Gaming Group concerning ESL and Faceit? Wow. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that is an important distinction to make, and I'm and I'm glad you you mentioned that. Um, so, I mean, do you? All right, one one last question. Do you think that uh, what has the reaction been, if any, from players? Have they? spoken up or given any thoughts about it or just kind of like oh wow that's crazy and then on the yeah i don't i i like i don't follow a lot of a lot of players but of course after the deal was announced like i went and checked some of the best players of the world to say if they had something to say on their social social media channels but in reality i haven't I haven't seen seen anything about it. Uh, maybe it doesn't concern them. Maybe they were instructed by their organizations to not spoke about it, because ESL are partnered with uh, with a bunch of important CSGO teams. Like it's called the Louvre Agreement. It started a few years back, and basically those things are guaranteed to participate in ESL Pro League. They they bought iSpot to be able to participate in the biggest CSGO league of the world. So, like, again, I can't really tell, but it's something to me that would make sense if the esports clubs and organizations ha have instructed their players to not say anything. After all, they are all ESL partners and I can't remember a single organization, or may I say a single big CSGO organization that said something against the, the acquisition. Hmm. And I guess because they are still ESL partners, that, that's significant because even though the Savvy Gaming Group or the PIF now owns it, it is, it's just an ownership and a funding. It is not, oh, not, no. ESL is still organizing it. That's still the name. That's still who these teams owe their allegiance to, for lack of a better term. Yeah, and maybe for for everyone involved, it's a good deal because maybe it will lead to bigger prize pools, uh, more revenue share. Maybe it will, it will do good for the ecosystem because, like I said in the beginning, ESL is known for be bleeding money all those years like it's not profitable to run esports events yeah do you see do you think um do you foresee any sort of pushback uh that it would i mean yeah i think you kind of answered it it was a, a a bit of a pessimistic uh maybe not pessimistic but realistic i guess uh expectation right i mean this is an unbelievable amount of money and you know for and, and again i i I apologize if this, if this comes off as, as patronizing, but like with with an esport like Valorant kind of taking the lead as kind of one of the more popular shooters, uh, tactical shooters of the day, and CSGO is, is seen anyway as falling behind. It's still thriving, but it's falling behind a little bit. I mean, this if, if not for the complicated human rights issues, this is like, this is a godsend. Yeah, I see it falling behind in coverage too, because we are not seeing the big players protesting against it is like there's so much you can write about if there is no reaction there's nothing to to write about it so maybe everyone will forget about it in 
a couple of months. We'll have to wait for Ian Katowice. Uh, as far as I know, there hasn't been... As far as I know, ESL didn't announce uh, which casters are going to work on the event. It's one of their premium events. The, one, the big one that kicks off the year. It's starting in a week. And maybe there we will see if there is a, a reaction for player, from players. Maybe some of them will give an interview, and I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure the media will ask them about it because it's a good opportunity to ask them about the deal, and I guess we'll have to to evaluate when it happens, or or if or if it doesn't happen. But my gut says people will most likely forget about the deal in a couple of months. Well, uh, I don't have a, 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 a inspiring note to, to end on. I mean, the, the situation is, is uh, you know, is a little bleak, but it's, it is multifaceted. It can be bleak in some respects, but in other respects, you know, money talks and this amount of money, uh, like you said, could be incredible for everyone involved in the scene and uh, in a vacuum. That's an incredible thing. Uh, Leo, thank you so much for educating us on uh, this topic and uh, for your time. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, yeah, to IM Katowice because that'll be the first forward-facing event after all this news. Um, so, yeah, thank you for, for all the context and thank you for your time. Oh, thanks for the invitation. And I'm looking forward for Ian Katowice too. And that was FTW with ModCon, part of the .esports podcast network. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and share. For full transcripts of the show, head on over to ftwimod.com. To follow Leo, you can find him at Leo Biazzi on Twitter. To follow me and my work over at .esports, you can find me at Henrique Demore on Twitter. And to follow Imad, of course, and his work over at Tom's Guide, you can find him at Imad on Twitter. This episode was produced by Henrique Demore. The show's executive producer is Kevin Morris. Our research assistant is Sam Higgins. With that, we'll catch you guys next week.